My name is Jessica Knight, and this is the Relationship Recovery Podcast. And today, I was planning on recording an episode that was going to be about what is like what happens when you set a boundary with a narcissist. And by narcissist, you know, I, I do mean abusive person. There, there one day will be another episode on what's the difference between a narcissist and abusive and an abuser because there, I mean, there is a difference. Um, it doesn't mean that they can't be both, but it also doesn't mean that every narcissist is abusive and also doesn't mean that every abusive person is a narcissist. Um, but I, I was reflecting on what has come up in this week's calls and the theme that keeps coming up is this need to, is that when you are healing from an emotionally abusive relationship, it's really hard to feel like you belong in the world. Um, you have learned to live in a relationship that's abusive. So you have learned that your feelings don't matter, that your thoughts don't matter, that somebody has a, feels like they have a right to tell you how they feel that your needs come second. And usually like, you know, when we're usually talking, like if you're sick, if you're tired, if you're, you know, exhausted. If you have an issue at work, those things don't matter. What matters is the needs of the abuser. I had this client once who like was very successful. She, um, I, she was quite young, um, young to be making six figures. You know, I, it was, I think, I believe she was 27 at the time that we started working together and she was very successful in a marketing career. And at the beginning of this new job that she like took and took in agreement with her partner, he was upset and mad at her all the time for not coming home exactly at five and would like talk down to her about not being successful and would like get on her all the time about like the expectations of like her phone. And, you know, and it just, it, it really dysregulated her because while she was trying to perform in this job and be the best version that she could be, she like was constantly met with resistance around what she should be doing. And so when she left that relationship, she was very dysregulated. She was very dis exhausted. And the process to leaving was also incredibly difficult because, you know, she was expected to show up to this high functioning job every day when her regulation was so low at that point. And so I just wanted to touch on a few important themes today about if you are either working on getting out of the relationship, if you're working on getting right with reality of the relationship, if you have just left the relationship, I just want to give you some varied perspectives on some things that come up and maybe how you can think about it. And so the first thing I want to say is probably actually the most important thing I will say today is that the expectations of the world don't match for where you are right now. You know, if you are expecting yourself to get up and get that workout in every day and to show up with a smile for happy hour drinks, to be able to last all day at work without getting caught in thought, to be able to show up, you know, and get like manicure and respond to all the text messages and take care of yourself in a way that you feel really proud of. I'm going to ask you to let that go because the expectations that you have of yourself and the expectations that others have of yourself don't match where you are right now.
where you are right now is you are really in a place of trying to heal. Like you are really in a place of understanding that your needs matter. You're really trying not to abandon yourself. And if you've been so used to that, something like prioritizing to go get your nails done because you haven't given yourself that level of attention and time might actually feel really freaking hard. You might be really tired. And so getting a few extra hours of sleep every morning rather than rushing to the gym to meet this expectation might be really hard. Now, of course, there's a way in which you getting up to the gym every day is showing up for yourself. And, you know, we'll touch on that. And if it falls into that bucket, then it falls into that bucket. But what I'm trying to say is that the world is going to have these, and society are going to have like these natural expectations of us. And when you are healing from an emotional abusive situation, you no longer can meet those. Nobody is going to understand. The people who understand typically went through it because they, it is, it is such a complex thing, right? I'm sure you've been around people that have said, like, if it feels so shitty, why are you still in it? It's because I am, is the answer. And so just as like the expectations of society and the world, like you, you just don't meet them right now, you might not meet others' expectations of you. And I'm a single mom. I'm a single mom to a five-year-old. I have the five-year-old 97% of the time of her life. And I mean, she's wonderful and I absolutely would do anything for my kid. And doesn't mean that having a five-year-old is not hard. And it doesn't mean that having a five-year-old is not challenging. And paired with like some of the abuse that I go through, either from past partners or, you know, still kind of working out some of the kinks in healing I can't meet the expectations that the world has on me. If a friend is upset with me for canceling plans because I am exhausted and I know I need to show up at 6 a.m. to be present for my kid the next day, I got to cancel on them. And they can be upset with me because I am sorry. But sometimes I don't have it in me. I'm still really sensitive. I'm still working out kinks. When friends are like meeting for drinks on a Friday night and, you know, they're all getting together and like, I'm the only one who's not going. And then, you know, at times they'll get upset with me about that. It's like, well, I I can't meet those expectations. The expectations that I can meet right now is that I'm going to show up for my work. I'm going to show up for my clients. I'm going to show up for my spiritual work. I'm going to raise my kid. I'm in a new relationship and that person actually meets me exactly where I need to be. So like I will show up for him because it's easy and he makes it easy. But everything else that's on top of it, I don't know what I can do all the time. And then I think that's a pretty important like distinction. It's like once I have like the, it's like the things that I can show up for are the things that are here right now. And so if you feel like you're being held to all these expectations that just are contrary to where you actually are mentally, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you actually to just think about what you actually can show up for right now. 
make your expectations realistic. Because what's actually happening is that in a way you kind of are like a dysregulated child right now, depending on the stage of like, I guess the stage of where you are in your healing, you're probably very dysregulated, meaning that your emotions are probably all over the place. Your thoughts are all over the place. You are typically in fight or flight. You're not thinking from a place of, you know, calm and I don't even know the word. You're not thinking from that. You're not able to think about things from a place of, you know, like almost like authority for self and like calm compassion. The way that you probably see it is like immediate and fixed. You know, you're likely still trauma bonded. You, it might be day to day. Like you'll have a good day. You'll have a bad day. When I think about when my kid is dysregulated, I mean, actually she's five, so she's probably always dysregulated, right? Like her emotions just pour out of her. And I, as her mom, like I get it. Like as a life coach, I understand. I know when somebody is just sort of like acting out, but at the same time, it doesn't, I when I really think about it, it's like there's a need underneath this. And the need is likely love. Now, my daughter, who's five, isn't expected to give love or care to herself. You know, but when we think about how are we reacting? What are we doing? What do we need? Thinking about like, you know, self-love and stuff like let's not even worry about that. It's more like, how can I show up and care for myself right now? What do I need right now? And one of my biggest suggestions to people is to make sure that when you are activated, you are not continuing to act, but that you're pausing and you're thinking and that you're regulating. For me, it's meditation. I use the Calm app and I set a five minute timer and I typically just use the timed timer and I sit and I try to just come back to myself for a moment. Five minutes does go pretty quickly. And sometimes I do want more, but sometimes five minutes is all I have. But it's a minute for me to come back and check in with myself with where I'm at. And, you know, just a second ago, I said, like, let's throw, you know, self-love to the side and things like that. Something I like to think about with my clients is what do you need to do for you so that you feel regulated? just for the sake of clarity, before I get into this, you know, the workout thing I said earlier is that, you know, I do see people trying to like reach this level of perfection when what's, what they actually need is rest. I had a client earlier this week who talked about, you know, this like time frame that she had free, like while her daughter was still in school and, you know, she uses that time to be productive because that's where like all the shoulds come in. And I said, what if you didn't, what if that wasn't a time to be productive? What if that was just a time for a little bit, you know, maybe for a month that you rested so that you were prepared when your daughter came home and that you were able to show up maybe a bit better, maybe 5% better, but 5% better than how you're doing it right now is still such a big feat. And so with my clients, I really like to think about what do you need to do for you? For me, I do work out almost every morning. That's important to me. It has been my like source of regulation and um, 
this is a time where I can really connect with myself and like set the stage for the day. Like it's almost like the hardest part of my day is over first thing in the morning. I also need some time between the hours of nine and 10 after I drop my kid at school to just be a human being. Doesn't happen every day, but if I can make that happen like three to four times a week, it really does help. I take a longer shower. I have a better breakfast than I would have normally. Maybe I like clean up a little bit here and there, but that's what I do. I also, my grandma, um, my grandma, even to like one of my grandma's last days, like she still had her nails done all the time. I'm not that good at this, but it almost feels like it's my connection to her to like try and get a manicure every few weeks because she used to always say like it's her dignity because she would look down at her hands and she'd always say like my hands are always with me and it's something that like I do enjoy and I do enjoy like especially because of my a lot of my work is on the computer and you know it is on the phone I am typing I am looking at my hands it's like even if I feel a little bit disheveled that day I'm still I'm still doing something that matters to me it could mean nothing to somebody else but to me it could mean the whole world Another important part of my care is sleep. And, you know, this is probably a podcast worth of time, but I try and get between six and eight hours of sleep a night. I wake up a lot, so I do try and get into bed earlier on Fridays when I am really tired after like a week of calls and a week of parenting and all of that. My body kind of knows I can go to bed early. And I usually go into bed at 7.30 without judgment. Whenever my kid goes down, I hop into bed. And I think one of like the last important things in terms of what I need is that sometimes I need, sometimes I just need time to kind of just sit with my stuff. And what I mean by that is like if I'm behind on stuff, if I... If there's articles I haven't read that I want to, or if there, you know, is like a room in my apartment that is just like out of order. Like sometimes I just need the time and space and like unlimited time and space. So like six hours on a Saturday for a one hour job to just be. And I know that one might sound silly, but there's something I think about like going through a narcissistic relationship and feeling like. You can never do everything perfectly in the time frame that they want, in the way that they want, that when you get to just sort of like be with your stuff, it's free. Because I do think another important part of this is being able to create a, a safe space in your home or within yourself. Because you are really still like your focus right now is getting your oxygen mask on. That's what this is about. This is about you feeling okay, right? And if you are working through all of the things to leave an emotionally abusive situation, you need to get that oxygen mask on yourself so that you can move through the world. And so if you are living with this partner, a safe space in your home may not be possible. That might actually be your car. That was my car for a very long time. And I hated my car. I hate it. I had this Subaru Forester and I absolutely despised that car. Um, but, and I, I got rid of it, thankfully. Um, but one of the things that like I, I used to like 
pull up to my home and before I went back in, I would stay around the corner for about 15 minutes and just listen to, um, I would just listen to like a podcast or an audio book or just take a second and breathe. And I just created that space from like before I walk back into whatever the fuck I'm going to get myself into. That was my time. For me, also, if my home wasn't safe and I grew up in an abusive home, so my home was not safe, there was always a spot that was. And in when I was growing up, I used to go to this hill that was about um, like five minutes walking away and I would sit on the hill with my journal and cry my fucking eyes out. And still to this day, if I look at it, I really, like I still get emotional because it did, was safe. When I lived in Manhattan, it wasn't that my home wasn't safe. It's just my apartment was very small and I did share it with somebody that I went and I would go to the 59th Street Bridge. That felt like home. It was a few blocks walk from where I lived at the time. I now live in a place that feels safe. Um, My apartment that I'm in now with my daughter is quite expensive and it's probably a little ridiculous you know at this point but the idea of safe for me and for her is really important because if you are dealing with a narcissistic relationship or healing from this you are going to be around a lot of people that don't understand and this could be family members and this could also be friends I mean this could even be therapists like I've worked with a lot of people whose therapists are gaslighting them and When you have friends that just like blame you for where you are right now, those are not the friends to be speaking to. When you have family members that talk about how much they actually really love your partner and they don't want you to end this, not helpful. That's not meeting you with what you need. I can't tell you how many people tell me that I'm the only person that they talk to that really gets it and that the people in their life don't. And trust me, I know what that feels like. Because when I was going through it, I had two people in my life that told me that they understood and they just wanted to see me on the other side and that they were going to be there for me and those people were not my family those people were not my they were not my friends and I still don't feel like some of my friends understood what I went through they would say things like when are you going to stop hurting yourself or you just need to practice self love It's like, okay, great. That's a completely alien topic to me. (laughs) And I don't love myself, clearly. And if I did, it still doesn't mean that I would not have gotten into this relationship. I had no idea. And now I'm fucking stuck. And I really just need support. I don't need to be asked, like, why I haven't blocked him yet. Why? Because I saw him yesterday and he was nice to me. And I have no fucking idea what's going on. And so really thinking about where you can go that feels safe, but also who in your life is safe is really important. It will help you regulate and it will help you kind of come back down. And it does actually support that same theory of like the expectations of the world. You know, like I can't, I can't be within the expectations of the world because I think like people have expectations for us. And it's when you are healing from this, you don't want anybody's expectations, right? Like you just sort of want to be able to like get yourself through wherever you need. 
it just will. And if you do some of this, you will be able to get right with reality. Because your biggest job right now is getting right with reality. It's about really seeing what's going on in your in your life. It's about noticing how it's affecting you. It's about getting used to the ebbs and flows that you go through. It's about choosing things that feel good to you. It's about really being mindful and also aware of the behavior that's happening when you know, the abuser or the narcissist is around and what they do and what they say and what you think is okay and what you don't think is okay. This is about a time where you really need to be in touch with yourself and to be there for yourself. Because that, like, I really think that everybody needs support, but you're the only, you're going to be the one that gets you out of that situation and you really need to try and put yourself first in these small ways right now and notice when you are heightened and dysregulated and acting out and running around and tired and see if you can find a way to slowly come back to taking a deep breath, to doing tiny things for you, to beginning to put on that oxygen mask so that you start to feel a bit stronger and you can not only begin to walk away, but you'll be mindful enough as to what is going on so that you will be able to walk away. You will be able to see it clearly and you will start to feel maybe not strong enough to do that, but stronger than you do right now. And I, I hope this was helpful. I know this was a, you know, kind of like a side an aside or an asterisk from what we usually talk about here. And if you need any support, you can follow me on Instagram at Jessica Knight Coaching. You can email me at Jessica at Jessica Knight Coaching.com. And you could also go to my website, emotionalabusecoach.com. And I'd be happy to help in any way I can. <laughs>